Welcome back to the Double Take Podcast. I'm Audrey Norse. I'm Nicole. And today we are accompanied by Drew Peterson. We're very excited to have you on. Yep, Drew is a fifth-year senior on the USC men's basketball team. He transferred from Rice in 2020, and he's definitely made a name for himself here at USC. Thank you so much for coming on, Drew. We're super excited to have you. Appreciate it. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Yeah, so how's the team looking this year? How has training been? Uh, it's good. It's good. It's uh, you know another uh, good summer for us. You know, just getting started. Um, we start preseason in a few weeks. Um, obviously, a lot of momentum around USC athletics with the whole Big Ten change and all that stuff. So you know, we're looking to do our part, even though I won't be a part of that in a couple of years. Um, hoping to you know lead the next you know guys coming up in a better position and stuff like that. So uh, we're excited for another good year. Right. Um, yeah, you brought up the the Big Ten shift. What do you think that's going to do for college basketball? Uh, I think it's big for us, um, for college basketball especially, you know, just like with football, obviously, um, you know, there's a lot of money in that, but I think for our basketball team, UCLA, obviously, it's it just puts us on a bigger stage, and, you know, for, I think, all of USC athletics, I think, um, being able to compete in the Big Ten, which is, you know, probably that and the SEC are now going to be, you know, the two biggest conferences for sure, and um, with the power conferences and how it is, you know, there's a lot of money to be made and bigger spotlights, and, you know, it gives the guys coming up more NIL opportunities and all that stuff, and, um, so I think it's, you know, outside of the travel, which will be, you know, something to maneuver around. It's a, it's a really good thing all around. So. Yeah, that deal, I think that's like, that was an $8 billion media rights deal, which is crazy. And I think each school gets like a payout of $1 billion. If I don't know, I think I read that correctly on Sports Business Journal or whatever I was reading. But I think that's just great for the sport itself. And I think it'll just get a lot more eyes um, more than there already are on college basketball. Um, and like you said, with NAL, that would be huge as well. Um, how has that been for you, the whole NAL side of uh, basketball? It's good. You know, it's, I've done a, a couple things with the new USC partnership, the Boulevard stuff, right. and, um, you know, a couple, like, intro videos with them. And, uh, you know, I assume, you know, it's a lot more focused on football right now as we get into the football season. But as we approach basketball season, I assume it's going to kind of ramp up there. Um, but it's cool seeing all the football guys, especially, you know, I saw they got a, a car deal with, you know, Mercedes dealership and all that stuff. And um, it's awesome that athletes, you know, all around sports are able to, you know, monetize their own image and stuff like that. Um, so I think, it, you know, if you could put a little more money in these guys' pockets, you know, it'll get them a little more comfortable and, you know, come ready to work every day. So it's, it's awesome that, you know, all athletes in, in their own way will get to benefit off that stuff. Right. Yeah. And if you're, you're listening, the Boulevard is... An NIL platform, is it run by USC? So it's an agency that they partnered with that created like a subset of their agency just for USC, and they named it Boulevard. I forgot what the actual name of the agency is, but um, Boulevard is a direct affiliate of USC. Right. So So a a lot of what happens in the NIL space is um, there's a lot of sports players that may not get as good of deals as someone who plays basketball or someone who plays football. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that, that, that they take note of that and that, um, you know, they're really bringing exposure to a lot of different athletes, which it sounds like they're doing a good job of so far. Obviously, it's football season, um, but that's definitely something that's good to look forward to if you're yeah. an athlete. Um, so going back to two seasons ago, your team made a phenomenal run to the Elite Eight. I love basketball personally. Like, it's my favorite sport to watch. I want to work in the NBA eventually after sports um, as an athlete. And what was that like? Like, what was that like playing on that stage? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was really weird because, uh, 
it was the bubble year, obviously, and uh, it was my first year at USC. I transferred from Rice, which is funny. We play Rice in football tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> so it's gonna, that's going to be a funny day for me. But um, it was my it was a unique year for me all around. And you know, obviously, we had Evan back then, Evan Mobley, and uh, Isaiah, and uh, Taj, and all those guys. And um, it was just a really interesting season. And um, we were able to experience the bubble finally. Uh, came in as a six seed, and uh, you know, we thought we had a good shot to make a run, and uh, we ended up being from, because we went from Vegas to Indianapolis, uh, Pac-12 tournament to March Madness, and we ended up being away from LA for three, four weeks straight with uh, making it to the second weekend of March Madness, and so it was, it was really unique. What's good for me is I'm from Chicago, so I was I had a lot of family and friends around, but you know for guys that are from LA, you know you're in Indianapolis for three weeks. It's kind of a weird scenario, but um, it was awesome because uh, we were in the luxury of like you know we'd have they'd have, you know, Starbucks in there and they'd bring it to us like three times a day. It was awesome. You know, they're doing as much as they can to, you know, make us feel comfortable and kind of at home over that course. But uh, they took us out to Top Golf one time. Like, you know, they didn't say they tried to do different things, but it was definitely a weird scenario with being stuck in a hotel room outside of your game, you know, the whole day because you didn't want to test positive for COVID or anything like that. So, because there was a team that got eliminated because of that. Um, so it was, it was a really crazy experience for sure. Yeah, so how just being, you know, in that situation, how did you deal with that mentally? Um, it was fine. You know, I didn't. I didn't think it was too uh, bad personally because uh, it wasn't too long of a period of time. Like I know the NBA, they had guys there for you know the playoffs, which would have been you know months on end um, if you made it to the championship, which is a whole another level. Um, but you know, three weeks, you know, you can kind of cruise with. Um, you're toward the end of school, and you know you're getting out of class, which is nice for mm-hmm. practice, and um, you know watching Netflix, all that stuff, and. It was just crazy enough with the adrenaline of being in the tournament all, tournament, all that stuff. You're not really focusing too much on the, you know, mental aspect of it. But it is nuts, you know, coming off a, let's say, a Sweet 16 win and you want to go, you know, celebrate and stuff. And you just, you're just going back to your room by yourself and watching TV and watching highlights of the day. So uh, <laughs> it, it, it's it's a crazy experience and one that, you know, luckily I'll cherish forever. Yeah, so. that's amazing. And, and before that Elite Eight run, um, you had transferred from Rice. So what's the difference between the student athlete experience here at USC compared to at Rice? Um, you know, the biggest thing is just, you know, the sheer, you know, population aspect. You know, Rice is a school of 2,500 to 3,000 kids and uh, a lot less support athletically just, you know, because of resources and USC has a history behind it and all that stuff. And um, so coming from a situation like that to USC and although, you know, with COVID we didn't have fans. So my first real year was last year with all the fans and stuff like that. Um, but it's just, it's crazy to kind of, I think it was awesome for me to experience kind of both ends of it, uh, to understand how awesome it is to be in front of all these fans and get to play in a, you know, team that's, you know, on TV every night and all that stuff. And, um, it's really cool to see all the support USC has as, you know, it's really true that it's, you know, one of the best athletic programs overall in the country. I think so, so. too. I think just as student athletes, I don't know if there's any other place that treats, you that well and gives you that many resources and it's crazy all you have to do it's like everything is laid out in front of you all you have to do is just put in the work and do your job um obviously that's all easier said than done but I just think that we're treated very very well here and USC athletics is just I mean it encompasses so much um and the staff and team behind the team they're all amazing people I mean the great thing about your sport as well is if you carry on and obviously you want to get you have NBA aspirations which we'll get into um, in a little bit but if you carry on that path you're going to get kind of that same treatment when 
you know, you're in the NBA, which is really, really cool. That's really not something that we're necessarily going to experience as beach volleyball players. Um, so it's really awesome that, that you're in that position. Um, so it sounds like, and honestly, just looking as a fan, everyone can see that you're very a, a well fit for the rotation here at USC on the team. Uh, when people hear the name Drew Peterson, um, what, what, what type of player are you? Um, I'd say I'm, I think I try to be a little bit of a do-it-all kind of guy. Um, I don't think I have one specific thing that I try and do out there, whether it be score, pass, rebound. I, I try and do a little bit of everything. Um, that's where I think I could potentially fit the next level. Um, but I think, you know, especially going into this year and taking on a little bit more of a leadership role, I want to help instill in other guys, you know, especially the younger guys, that, you know, you don't have to be a guy that scores 25 points a game. You don't have to be a guy that, you know, needs to touch the ball every possession. Try and do a little bit of everything, and I think that's a great thing that, you know, a guy like Draymond Green, uh, Draymond Green preaches. And uh, so I'm trying to help the guys understand that, and um, I think we're doing really well so far. The freshmen are coming along pretty quick, and, you know, we got a really good team, really talented team. And so I'm hoping that, um, you know, my strengths can kind of go off theirs and vice versa and stuff like that. So I think that, you know, we got a shot to have a really good season this year. Yeah, and I remember last, I think it was last semester, we were at the USC-UCLA game. Um, and it was just, I think that was like one of the biggest crowds that it was ever electric. Had. I'm not yeah. sure, but the atmosphere was insane. And I remember you having a good game. Um, your whole team played really well, obviously got the win. Um, what was that like? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was surreal. I think uh, at the time, before the Arizona home game, it was the largest crowd at Galen. Um, and uh, it was, I think, the first time I'd really seen, like, a fully sold-out Galen Center. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, we had Isaiah out that game because he was hurt. He was coming back from an injury. And uh, so we went into it kind of just thinking, you know, you know, with Isaiah, obviously, as good as he is being out, um, we went in kind of, you know, just saying, back against the wall, what can we do? And we're just going to go out and play. And so, you know, we, we, start, we came out hot and we started playing well and, you know, shots were just falling as they went. And, uh, you know, we really built up a good lead and it kind of got closer at the end. But um, I, I was really proud of all the guys because everybody in their own role stepped up. Everybody kind of played better than their average self would be. Um, so I think that was just, you know, our best, obviously, team performance of the year and something that hopefully, you know, can stick, uh, stick around, you know, USC for a long time, you know, how crazy of a game that was, so. And then the end of it too, everyone just storming the court. Oh my gosh, that was so fun. And all the photos of like, oh, it was chaos. People up, yeah, pure chaos. But it was just so cool. That must have been an amazing experience for you. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely cool. Obviously, my first court storming experience, and uh, you know, it was awesome to be able to get that win. I think everyone's just so. um, Obviously, it was a regular season game, but everyone was so just into it because you know, with Isaiah being out, and we were kind of down a man, and you know, we thought you know UCLA is really good. They're a really good team, and. uh, so it was awesome to be able to, you know, continue that tradition and win a big rivalry game there. Two weeks later, you hit the game winner against Oregon. How, I mean, when you're in those moments and you make those big time plays, what's going through your head? Um, I think it's more, honestly, those kind of plays. Probably nothing. Yeah, it's just, yeah. honestly, you black out during those kind of yeah. things. Like, I can barely remember even shooting that shot. Um, just because you're playing off instincts at that point and adrenaline and all that stuff and um, you know, Oregon is a crazy game and it came down to that shot. And then, you know, we had Josh Morgan, uh, basically blocked the last shot to win the game. And, um, but those, those last few possessions of those big games are just, you're going off instinct cause you can't really, you know, project too much of it. And, you know, what happened on that play was, uh, I think the, we had a, a ball screen coming on the right wing and 
the big drop too far. So I was planning initially going to hoop and trying to tie the game, but um, I figured, you know, I got space, I might as well shoot it, and we took the lead off that. So it was, yeah, it, there was yeah, there was a few weeks stretch where, like, it was a, a really good couple weeks for us, and, you know, we were hitting shots and playing really well. And you know, I think what's funny is I think uh, Kobe Johnson even stomped on the Oregon logo after the game, which was funny enough. So it was, it was really <laughs> awesome. It was really cool. Yeah, I feel like in those moments, I'm playing my best when I'm just not thinking at all. Like when you're just in that flow state and it's almost like you, you let your muscle memory take over and it's kind of hard to tap into that sometimes. So how do you, I mean, it's like, how do you tap into it? But what do you do to sort of get yourself in that zone? I think too, not only that, but what do you do? Because basketball is difficult. I mean, and you're a playmaker, you're definitely a sharpshooter. Um, sometimes you can be on a streak for a few games and sometimes you can be in a slump and that's hard to deal with. How do you kind of approach that? Yeah, I think that's a unique one for me because I'm kind of known to go through those stretches of being either really good or kind of shooting poorly. Um, it's something I've kind of had to deal with over, you know, like I'm known as a streaky shooter. I can get really hot or really cold. Um, so it's something that, you know, I've had to deal with a lot, but um, it's something you just kind of, it all depends on your mentality and your approach. You know, you know, like as I think Michael Jordan used to say, like, you know, you always shoot the next shot as if you hadn't missed it. Or maybe it was Kobe that said something like that. You know, you missed 10 shots, you should shoot the 11th one as if you haven't missed any of those. Um, so it, it's definitely a confidence thing where, you know, when you get a little bit of swagger, you get making shots, you know, it feels easier to make that next one. But I try and always keep a level head of every shot's the same. You know, you've been, you've shot a million shots before in your life and you, you're trained enough for this position. Um, but when it gets to the end of the game, I agree. It's more instincts and it's more, I think the less thinking you do almost the better. And like you said, and, um, you kind of just play and I think some guys kind of overanalyze situations and, um, that's where you, you see a lot of hesitancy. So I think you just kind of play and, um, let the instincts take over in those situations. Right. I mean, for us, we don't have a shot clock or anything. Um, so it, it's not like we got to make, I mean, obviously we need to make a decision quickly, but you guys have got a timer on there. So if there's any sort of hesitancy, I mean, that could so easily not go your way. Um, it, it's such an interesting sport and it's, it's just, it's so fun to watch. Um, and I know that's something that you want to play after college for as long as possible. I'm assuming, um, you partially went through the draft process and you ended up taking your name out. Um, what was it like to, I, I saw you in a, uh, in a Lakers practice uniform. What was it like to, to get a taste of that, uh, a taste of what it's being like? with an organization and then also what ultimately drew you back to USC? Yeah, you know, it, it's pretty crazy because um, a few years back when I first, uh, you know, committed to Rice, my plan was, you know, Rice is a great school. I was trying to prioritize academics and um, I was going to plan on doing some business stuff. And then as I made my transition here and I started playing better and uh, especially after last year, I really could saw, saw myself, you know, potentially playing in the NBA. So um, it's awesome that, you know, with going through that whole process last season, um, I worked out for eight different teams and, you know, traveled all over the country and, um, it's just really cool getting to finally see, uh, you know, being evaluated at the top level in, you know, in the sport and, you know, we'll see, you know, kind of everything that you've been through and all the ups and downs of it. And there's been a lot of those and, uh, finally getting to see a taste of, you know, what you could be at, you know, at the top level. And so, um, after that process, it was a tough decision. I, I wanted to come back to USC to, you know, help lead the next team and raise my stock for the following year. Um, you know, I think I'm in good position to do that. I think we've got a really good squad and um, Coach Enfield trusts me to, you know, lead us and do everything I can in that regard to get us wins and, you know, hopefully get everyone to play well. Guys, we got a lot of guys coming in that are going to be good and 
guys that need to take jumps this year. So um, I'm really excited moving forward and hoping to put myself in a better position for next year to make that jump. Yeah, and I think just being in that senior role is is kind of a unique one. Obviously, we're seniors, so that's kind of what we're undertaking right now. We lost, I think, 11 seniors last year, which is yeah. mostly all grad students, <laughs> which is unheard of, but thanks to COVID, we were very dominant. Um, and so it, it's been kind of interesting for us. It's, I, I feel very old. It feels weird. Um, but it's definitely something that I, I kind of enjoy. Um, I, I enjoy being in this position, helping our freshmen, helping build the culture that we had the last two years and really trying to leave a legacy. So what, what kind of, what is your approach there and, and what do you do for your team in that regard? Yeah, it's a, it's a weird situation. Cause you know, like you guys said, like, I'm sure you're the same way. It feels like yesterday you were coming in the door you're on the last step. And, uh, <laughs> Um, and honestly, you know, it's, it's weird. Cause you also feel like even with the experience, I feel like, um, it's just like, I'm so kind of new and it's weird to kind of lead a team in regard and like be the one telling people what to do and what positions and all that stuff. And, um, but you realize you just got to do it as you get older. And that's what I've come to realize and, you know, embrace, you know, I'm excited to be able to help the younger guys and I want to help them, you know, be in my position in a few years and stuff like that. And so it's definitely, um, Something that's a little daunting at first, but when you embrace it and what I've tried to do and all that stuff is just um, be have a very open relationship with the coach and what I can do. And like he helps me lead through him, basically. And so I, it's hard trying to manage, you know, you want to be friends with everybody, but also, you know, be the guy people look to and stuff right. like that. And right. so that's something that, you know, I've been figuring out over the summer and stuff like that. And when to be serious, when to be funny. Right. You don't want to be you know, too much of an egotistical guy, you, don't, you know, so it's, it's, it's hard to manage, but uh, it's been exciting to kind of deal with that process. And especially for, you know, the next steps of my life, having that experience of getting to lead a team and stuff like that, it will be uh, really beneficial. I think so too. I think finding that balance is really important because like, as of now, we kind of have, you know, we have the say, but it's like, you know, you don't want to throw too much out there you also kind of want to be grounded. And I think finding that balance is sort of an interesting one. Definitely something that we're working on now. Um, but my next question that I wanted to ask you was, and it's kind of a fun one, what is your all-time starting five? Ooh, yeah, it is good. Yeah. Um, and we're going to all we're gonna all give our answer. Okay, oh, deal, I, deal. Okay, hold on. You, you'll, <laughs> right, I'll give you, I have, I have um, I'd probably go, the easy ones first would probably be Jordan and LeBron at the two and the three. Um, I'd probably go Shaq at my five. Um, I'm a big Shaq guy. I just think he's probably the most dominant player ever. Um, and then my one and my four would probably be Steph at the one, just because I think with the dynamic of the team, getting a shooter like that. And I'm I'm a very like new age guy, so I'm probably gonna go Durant at the four. You know, LeBron three four. I, I I'm a big like new age analytics. They shoot deeper. You know, I get a lot of crap because. I grew up a big LeBron fan. I'm from Chicago, and uh-huh. I always said LeBron was better than MJ. Um, <laughs> oh, yo, you're one no. of those. From Chicago, you're <laughs> well, saying that? I've actually gone back and forth now. I used to be really big on LeBron, but now after, like, the Jordan doc and all that stuff, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle about it. But um, I'm all I'm all for, you know, society progresses, everything gets better, and I think guys are just more talented nowadays. And so, yeah, that's, I'll, that's probably my top five or my starting five. Um, so I've got Magic at the one. I also want to put Larry Bird in there, but I'm kind of going between putting Kobe or Larry Bird. I just think Magic and Larry together 
it would just be so special. Yeah. We got a glimpse of that on the Dream Team. I obviously was not born, but I've seen footage of it. Um, and it just it just looks magnificent, magnificent in such a beautiful style of play. Um, and then I've got MJ uh, and then Giannis and, and Shaq. I was going between wow. KD and, and Giannis, but I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't choose. I I'm like a big it, yeah. K, KD fan. I like it. Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, that's that's my uh, my starting five. It's interesting that you talked about the game has really evolved, really evolved, and from an analytical standpoint, this has been really transparent. Um, specifically with how we've tracked three point shooting, um, so you can actually you end up scoring. It, it's more efficient to take a three and then also to take shots in the paint than it is to yeah. take shots between the three point line in the paint. Yeah. Um, the game is changing. Steph Curry was clearly a, a leader in that evolution. Um, can you speak to that, how that's had an impact on your game as you've come up and just kind of where you see it impacting the sport in the future? Yeah, it's really it's really unique. Um, obviously, they say the only shots you should be taking out is really layups and threes. And, uh, you know, there's some guys in the league like DeRozan and, um, you know, Devin Booker who can shoot the mid-range at a pretty high rate. Um, but for most guys, you know, you're in the league to either shoot or – you know, dunk the ball. Mm-hmm. And so, or, you know, that just offensively outside of being defensive rebounding, stuff like that. Um, but it's pretty interesting to evaluate it. And it's something I've had to adjust to too, because um, I'm a guy that, you know, my coaches tell me I pass up too many threes because I like to get in the paint. I like to pass it around and make stuff happen. And, uh, you know, my coach is looking to me to shoot a lot more threes this year. And, you know, we have a team that's a little bit smaller this year, not as much height and just a lot of good shooters. Um, so we're going to be shooting a lot of threes and, um, I think it's a big high-risk, high-reward thing. You know, you go cold, you can lose to a bad team because of it, but you can also beat any team on any given night. Um, so it's it's pretty good, and, you know, I think one of the kind of leaders in that was uh, the former Rockets GM, who's now with the Sixers, Daryl Morey, was a big, uh, started kind of a three-point trend, and, you know, he did that with James Harden there. And um, it's interesting to look at, and, uh, you know, there's teams like the Warriors who, they play at a high pace, and they, they also average the most turnovers in the league. But they, it's because they pay, play so fast, and they get the most shots up. So, you know, you, you give things to be able to do that stuff. You know, there's, you know you give and take for stuff like that. And um, But I'm all for, you know, playing fast and shooting a lot of threes and just kind of getting a lot of shots up and stuff like that. It makes a lot of sense Right. To me. And I, it's interesting you bring that up because I think different teams have a different brand of basketball. Where do you see yourself fitting in? well like where would you see yourself being comfortable in a team based on their brand of basketball um are you saying specific team or just yeah i mean both maybe uh yeah um you know like teams like i think like the warriors and spurs where you know it's not really ball dominant in one player um you know you see some teams like you know for example i think uh the rockets do that where it's a lot of iso ball and stuff like that but i think teams with like a good culture and good system regarding you know guys moving the ball and stuff like that i think that's where i kind of thrive and you know, I can shoot spot up three when needed, and then I can drive and kick and stuff like that. And you know, I think the game's better that way when the ball's moving that that fast. And I think that's where we had a good stretch uh, late in the season, where we had that Oregon UCLA stretch where the ball's moving a lot, and um, we were able to get a lot of open shots off that. And um, I think those kind of systems are where I can, like I said earlier, a little bit of a do it all kind of situation. All right. So <laughs> last question of the day, and it's one that we ask all of our guests. Um, it's what is your favorite sports moment? And this can be a personal one where you're involved in, in a certain play, or it could be something that you watched from a favorite player, anything you want. Um, probably the um, 
Ray Allen three-pointer with the Miami Heat and uh, I think it was game six. Uh, I was a huge LeBron fan. I was praying he was going to win the title because if he ha- he didn't, uh, I think that was what his, his second title, I think, maybe. Um, and uh, I was just praying. I was like, oh, my gosh, LeBron just missed. He just lost. You know, I can't believe it. Like, he, I think he would have been like one in four, one in five at that point in the finals and whatever it was. And he, I think he did a big part in saving his legacy in that way. That was unbelievable. That was the craziest shot. One of all time. shot, and I get goosebumps thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. One shot completely changed the course of that entire season. And it's it's crazy. He got his feet squared so quickly, and it was so fast. I mean, as a shooter, like watching that, like, oh, it's just crazy. It's crazy to think about. Goosebumps. I couldn't imagine being in that arena. I think it would have been like because it was obviously at the Heat, uh, you know, Miami Arena. And, seeing the crowd just go crazy it's like i could not imagine that moment like being in the crowd there it's yeah. nuts. so you talked about just really quickly some interesting you talked about um analytics initially when you're you're coming into rice you're more obviously sports focused but you really wanted to, to put effort into your academics so what do you want to do post basketball um something with business you know i go back and forth a little bit my dad's consultant so that was my initial like path um but if basketball's the route, hopefully, you know, like you said, um, I think front office stuff would be really cool to do. Um, being able to like manage contracts and you know stuff like that, and potentially GM stuff, you know, Rob Polinka type stuff. I think that'd be really cool. Um, so hopefully, something related to business and sports and anything related to that. Yeah, well, you have a really bright future, and we're just super excited to watch and see what you do, especially this year. We'll be going to a lot of the games. I cannot wait. We'll get our whole Beach Bible team to show up. Um, And we just are so grateful for you coming on today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank Thank you, you. guys. Thank you so much. All right. Yeah, that's it for today. Fight on, and we'll see you guys next week.